What's up guys, it's me, Lucas Out Loud, here with another brilliant podcast that features me bickering on with different people. Yeah. I do not sound like that. Yes, Everyone, um, so here we are with uh, Docker here. Hello, hello, Docker. Hello. How have you been? Um, not too bad lately. Uh, I've uh, let the beard grow out because I've oh, got nowhere okay. to go. <laughs> Fair enough. It's been it's been a long time, man. Um, since yeah. I last saw you. Mm, it has, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're keeping well, then that's great. Um. And eating all those nice stuff you like to eat as well, because I know you do a lot of uh, videos of uh, you eating some strange stuff. Well, um, yes, but it has. Uh, let's put it this way: when I'm able to go to conventions again, uh, yeah. I'll probably need to buy new cosplays. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Because because I'm a man in my thirties now, so I don't have the metabolism I once had. Oh bless you! Mm. Yeah, um, one of my fondest memories of you is, um, I think it was MCM Birmingham, um, quite a few years ago now, where you and Meg did a video, um, of her eating the um pepperoni with the uh cream with egg. the cream egg. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I swear by that. Uh, it only really came about. I can't remember when it was, but it was probably when I was in my early twenties. Okay. And I, I, I think I was having lunch and I was in a bit of a rush. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's all going in my stomach anyway. <laughs> and weirdly enough, the, the, the spiciest pepperoni turned yeah. out to taste really good with cream egg because, of course, you got the sweet and the meat. And it kind of almost tasted like a curry. So since then, I've kind oh. of been an, an advocate for this rather odd pairing. <laughs> What and do you still eat this like to this day? Do you still oh, yeah. like? Oh, wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> every Easter, every Easter, it's but no, I don't care if I get any other like eggs from friends or family, or whatever. As long as I get a pepperoni fire stick and a cabbage cream egg, I'm happy. Oh, wow. And have other people like tried this? Like, have you got other people to try this? I think, yeah, I have, I have managed to kind of get one or two people to try it because the thing is. They they look at how it looks and it puts mm. them off because it looks kind of gross. Well, yeah, but understandable. <laughs> I'd say I'd say eighty percent of the time they're like, actually, that is quite nice. Mm. So yeah, it's it's just one of those really odd things that I tend to. That you do. <laughs> is there like any other food like that that you do? Because um, I find it really interesting, like just hearing it, because it's it sounds insane, but. I'm sure for you it sounds great. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, that's a tricky one because I remember when I still lived down in Plymouth, there was a, a shake, a milkshake shack that okay. sadly no longer there, but no. uh, they weren't making a lot of money. And so what I would sometimes do is I'd, I'd go to the corner shop over the road and mm. come back with some stuff and I'd go, yeah, I'll make a milkshake out of that for us. 
And the one that I remember being really nice was Palmer Violet and Curly Whirly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I love love Palmer Violet. But I... it's weird because I, I went that, to, um, there's this brilliant gin parlour in Birmingham. Okay. And a couple of years ago, I went down there with my father and mm. they'd started doing these uh, these cocktails based on sweets. So they had the love hearts and all that kind of thing. And I yeah. mentioned this milkshake to them from years ago and they saw it as a, a challenge to see if they could replicate it. Oh, okay. And... By God, they managed it. It tasted absolutely incredible. All alcoholic, of course. And oh, yeah. It was so good that the, the person who made it, they, they went over to their manager and was like, try this. Mm. And I think they kept it on their menu for a little while. Yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't cheap, though. <laughs> a lot <laughs> lots of ingredients had to go into that. To oh, test God, it. yeah. I can imagine. Mm. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of interesting. I might actually have to try this, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Um, Please do. The Curly <laughs> Whirly and the Palmer Violets, yeah. So that's a new one for everyone. Um, obviously, um, what do I want to talk about? Um, <laughs> God, I've completely lost track now. Oh, yeah. That's, that um, happens a lot with me. That yeah. really happens a lot with me. I'm I'm so good at just going off on so many different tangents. Fantastic. So you never know where you're going to end up. So for people who don't know, um, Docker here is um, obviously he's quite well known for being the main admin of a very nice cosplay group called um, Who Knows, which is like a Doctor Who cosplay group for people to share their cosplays. And sometimes you do competitions and stuff, which I've myself have been a part of um, not too long ago. Um so how did that sort of come about, Docker? Like, wh- when did you sort of decide to set up all of that? Because I do believe you're heading into the, or you did head five-year anniversary. Yeah, we, we had our five-year yeah. anniversary last month. Um, yeah, it started, well, I, I started in the community back in 2015. Um, okay. I'd, I'd nearly given up on conventions because I'd found it too stressful. And as a photographer, it was just a bit too much of a faff. And then mm. a friend of mine said, oh, why don't you come and hang out with all these Doctor Who cosplayers? And I was like, yeah, all right then, because she knew I was into Doctor Who. Yeah. And from there, it kind of just exploded. By the end of the year, I'd gone to meetups and and I'd ended up in Cardiff at the Doctor Who Experience, which was something that I never expected to have happened. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Because being yeah. from the southwest, you're kind of far away from everywhere else in the UK, so... Even the idea of going to somewhere like London or Manchester was a massive uh, undertaking for me at first. Um, But then it was 2016 when me and my then partner, Sarah, we kind of, we saw the community as a whole and saw um, how, saw some of the issues that were arising, some of the, let's say, uh, I, I, I like to use the term, uh, more overly passionate fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'd community. agree with that actually. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we thought we can we can do something with this because we we'd both been involved in community based stuff before. And we knew what worked. And we knew not what didn't work, and we wanted to give people an opportunity to be in a an environment where um, they could talk about 
their passions in life without being judged because yeah. there are there are loads of different science fiction groups out there for different reasons you know you have the you have the kind of meme kind of based ones and you've got the ones that are a bit more um uh, analytical and we just wanted something that people could have fun with because we realized that for some people cosplay or at least doctor who cosplay wouldn't be forever they would either grow out of it or they would move on to a different ip or you know, they'd go to college and it would kind of like, you know, they'd grow out of it kind of thing. And so we yeah. thought, why don't we just make some amazing memories for people mm. um, and just, you know. And and we decided at the start, because it was me, Sarah and Andrew Creek, who at the time yeah. was this young lad at university, but now he's, he's in politics now. Oh, wow. And, Okay. We thought uh, we thought yeah it would be a good idea just to to start this off with no egos. Mm. We just thought we're just three people bringing together this group and see where it goes because at the end of the day, the only reason why the group has done so well in these last five years is because of other people's input. Mm. You know the the competitions have only gone ahead because I've had external people come to me and say oh we could do this we could do that meets as well and and yeah con gatherings it's because uh, many people have said oh we're going to this and we're like oh yeah. okay let's do that then um and it's just it's kind of just a snowballed from that i mean i love doing mm. the competitions personally it's it's yeah, they look so, a lot of fun. yeah it's i find it fun putting it together because it's that, that yeah. whole thing of how can we make this fun for people what could they win? That kind of stuff. Mm. And it yeah. just it brings people together, you know. And we've always said that even though we're a Doctor Who cosplay group, we're a community first. So oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. It's not just about that. It's like if you've got an interest in anything, if you want to show off a new cosplay that you're particularly proud of, share it regardless. And you'll get oh, great yeah, definitely. feedback. If you want to sell something on there, mm. that's fine because at the end of the day, you'll be helping out another fan with something. You know, yeah, it's, it's, we're quite relaxed, and we've had people who have near enough given up on the community come yeah. to this group and felt invigorated again. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Mm. So um, it, it, it is good as well for for the fact that a lot of people in the community are uh, dealing with things in their lives, or mm. you know, I mean, I myself, I'm on the autistic spectrum, um, okay. and so I know many other people in the community who are the same. Yeah. So it, it, it's nice to be able to offer a safe haven for those kind of people, especially if they're new to the community. Because mm. then, you know, they'll see that it's a place where they can really f and open yeah. up. And, and that's what I like to see. I like to see uh, a difference, a positive difference. Because you never oh, yeah, know. definitely where they're going to go from there. Mm. So um, for someone who obviously isn't a part of the group or, or isn't aware of the group, where, mm. where could they find it? Like what, what, what would be your guidance on trying to find the group? Um, and well, and what's, yeah. The hub that we have is we've got a Facebook page, which yep. is uh, who knows DWC. I think we'll just type in who knows cosplay. <laughs> really. You'll find the page and you'll find the group. The group mm. is where we basically put up all sorts. 
Mm. It's there that you'll find out where we'll be doing meets and all sorts of stuff because mm. we're always advertising that kind of thing. Um, we also have a Twitter which is manned by uh, our one of our, our main event coordinator uh, who got signed up just before all of the lockdown, which is Mira. She runs the Twitter oh, okay. page. Brilliant. Um, we do have an Instagram, but I've forgotten the password. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't put anything on it in, in a long, long time, um, which is a shame. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, we're pretty easy to, to find and then... Okay, that's good. And, and get involved with. Uh, mm. We like to we like to do certain things like ever since the start we've like done like different logos and stuff and we'll put them on yeah. badges and we'll give those I still badges have away one of those. yeah yeah and it's good because then we'll see people going oh I need that one I haven't got that one it's nice <laughs> oh yeah I mean I can imagine but yeah I, I still have mine somewhere um, I have the one where it's like a question mark and it's like uh, um, yeah. yeah one of the OG ones um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have. But, well, it was yeah. Andrew Creek who originally did that logo because he was into graphic design. Oh, we were like Andrew, could you come up with something? And it's it's technically it's a term. It's a, the symbols known as an intrabang, which, oh, okay. which is an exclamation mark over a question mark. Um, Brilliant. And I, I quite like that because there's a lot of scope for for creativity there. I think I've mm. I've done the last. I did the last one, which was the the one based on uh, the uh, the badges that you get on the season the series 10 no season 10 episode smile yeah and i i was really proud of that and then before then i think we had a competition uh to design mm. uh i think i remember that one yeah 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 that was that was really fun um yeah. i can't remember what we've got now Hang on, let me just check <laughs> <laughs> it's all i think it might still be the question mark is it still a question mark oh, i'm like, so going mad uh, yeah, it's still, like it's still the question. It's still yeah. the it's still, it's still the, the smart. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, another thing. Um. Obviously, I know you do a, a bit of photography as well, which mm -hmm. you're quite fond with. Um. I've seen quite a few of your photos. Mm -hmm. Um. Especially when it comes to the um the comic book recreation comic stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love them. Um. You definitely have a lot of fun doing those ones. And I know a lot of people who've like friends of mine who've um done it with you have had a great time doing it and the outcome has always been really awesome um so where did that idea come about and what progress goes into that like when you're doing that um well it started i think it was around november 2016 um i'd i think it was it was the mcm birmingham and it was our first meet up at that event uh, for who knows and i was trying to think of ways of posing people oh, okay. i thought what better way to look into that than look at the comic book covers now i hadn't really bought any of the doctor who comic books at the time i think at, at the time i was collecting the invader zim stuff mm. so i found a website that had like a catalog listing of all these different covers and i thought yeah let's have some fun with it so it started off as just poses but okay. then a couple of weeks later, I was down in Plymouth for my yeah. best mate's wedding. And I think the, the morning before then, uh, there was somebody in the community who wanted to do a photo shoot with me uh, in Plymouth. Mm. And we spent the whole morning, just me and her, just 
doing uh, this 11th Doctor set. And I had, still had some of these uh, covers on my phone. Oh, okay. So I was, I was looking at these poses and I was like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And then I just thought to myself, well, that one's quite an easy one that I could edit to make yeah. it look exactly or as, as close enough to it. Um, okay. So that, I went back to the MCM photos. I thought, well, okay, mm. let, I, I did that with those images from the shoot. Why don't I do that with the images from the con as well? And it all just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and I think I'm just at the moment working on my 260th issue. Oh, wow. I, okay. I call them issues or pieces. You know, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. Um, so um, obviously, what's what's the progress that goes into like editing them and stuff? So uh, how... Well, the progress, I mean, there are two different ways that I do things. It's either okay. go for a pose, go for a, a cover that's already been done, or mm. go for something original. Uh, yeah. The original ones can sometimes be a bit uh, out there. I've gotten really good at creating my own designs these days. Oh, okay. Um, but the, the thing I've loved about doing this project is it's enabled me to improve my editing skills. Like when yeah. I started out, I think I had like 30 or 40 covers in a folder on my laptop. Now I've got hundreds. Because yeah. I'm like, I, I go through, I go through this list on this website now, and I'm like, oh, I could definitely do that one. Oh, that <laughs> one's a, that one's a, a piece of, you know. And mm. uh, it, sometimes it takes me longer than others. I mean, I recently did one of uh, Luke Newman from DW 2012. It was a picture yeah. I'd taken of him in 2015 at BBC Birmingham with the dark. Oh yeah, I, I saw this one. Yeah, and he was doing a pose from the promotional poster of Into the Dalek. That when I first took that picture, I was like, oh, it's just it's a cool picture. But yeah. then when I was going through my archives a few weeks ago, I was like, I could do that now. Mm. And I found high ref, high resolution reference shots from from the original image, and it took me weeks to do. Mm. Um, but I couldn't have dreamed that I was going to do that five, six years ago. Yeah, um, understandable. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to like my own, dis when it comes to it, I'll I'll turn up at say a convention or a meetup, and I'll think to myself, I'm going to do five covers today, or I'm going to do ten. It depends yeah. on how many people are there. Um, often I tend to see if I can work with new people. Because it's a good way yeah. to get them involved in the community a bit more. Definitely, yeah. Um, and then, if it's not, if there aren't as many new people, I then take precedence over either newer cosplays, or if somebody's turned up in a cosplay that's exactly the same as a cover mm. that I've actually got on my phone. Because then I'll be like, "We have to do this. We have <laughs> to do it." And then I'll show them, and yeah. they'll go, "Oh yes, yes, yes." Um, so that's that's always fun, but I never try to kind of overload myself, and I try my best not to disappoint people. Because as a photographer, I've always said the two main things you've got to have as a photographer is be trustworthy and reliable. Oh yeah, everything definitely, else yeah. is just subjective. Mm. So I've always made sure that I've got enough time on my hands for it all. Um, but when it comes to my original designs, I think it just depends on the surroundings. Like mm. the last convention I was at, which was Science of the Time Lords last year, um, okay. I just said to, I didn't know I was actually going to be going until the night before when two friends of mine were like, "We're going. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Do you know He's what? Like, yeah. yeah, might yeah. as well. I haven't done it in like <laughs> five years." Um, 
So I went up there, didn't tell anyone, <laughs> completely surprised everyone. Brilliant. Didn't even turn up in cosplay. Uh, <laughs> I was just there in my civvies. And I was Brilliant. like, I'm going to spend the whole day just doing comic book covers. Because and I that, knew there were yeah. going to be people there that I'd been meaning to work with for years. Um, okay. And because there were just so many awesome surroundings, I just got idea after idea after idea. One, one of my favourites is one I've got of uh, of oh, Katie, okay. uh, Dom's missus. That's and right, yeah. I got this fantastic picture of her inside the stalk of a Dalek. Oh, wow. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I, I have love that edit yeah. so much. I remember the moment I saw, uh, the, moment I saw the, the kind of tube, this kind of metal tube at the, at the, the event. Yeah. I just became giddy. I was like, "We've got to do this." <laughs> um, so I bet you yeah, love that. When yeah, whenever I get excited about about a cover, I know it's just going to be mind blowing, you know. Because oh, yeah. then the first thing I want to do is get home and basically, you know, just upload it and then start working. Even then, even if I am like mm. absolutely shattered, um, I've had I've had a little bit of help once or twice um yeah understandable yeah aiden wilkinson more recently in the last year or so uh he's been doing a lot of um digital art in regards to things like tardises and daleks and what have you he's actually been doing some work recently for big finish oh wow okay yeah they've they've taken some of his his pieces but when he was first starting out um and i was finding it difficult to find high-res pictures of a TARDIS in certain angles and poses, I'd say I'd, I'd message him and I'd be like, do you know where I could get myself one of these? And he just sent me a whole folder. Oh, wow. And he was like, as long as you credit me, that's fine. Oh, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. So since then, it's it's it, it's been a nice kind of somewhat collaboration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's actually really interesting because obviously <laughs> I've, I've always just been um... – intrigued by how you do it because obviously mm. i've i've kept up to date with all the ones that you do and um they're so creative and fun and different to what you would see normally well so, it, um, it's always because um i was a photographer long before i started out in the community i've been doing it since i would say i've been doing it since 2007 but that's oh wow okay long that, that's only as long as i've been doing it professionally oh, uh, okay. I, got, I got my first digital camera i think on my 13th birthday and I would yeah. take it to school with me like every day. This is before mm. smartphones, before social media. Uh, mm. I'd take this little silver Sanyo camera with a two megabyte like disc, like uh, SD card that was more like a floppy disk. I've yeah. still got it. It doesn't work. By the time it completely, you know, failed on me, it was kept together with sellotape. Um, <laughs> But I would take it to school with me every day, take pictures of me and my mates, you know, that kind of stuff. And it grew from there, that interest. Oh, wow. Um, so the one thing that I've always wanted, because I started out in that kind of candid, almost documentary style of photography, I've always wanted each one of my photo shoots that I've done to have a personality of their own. Um, yeah. Definitely. With that kind of underlying, almost pre-Raphaelite kind of look mm. to them. Um, so, like, I'll do a shoot where it's all, like, high-contrast black and white, or I'll do them all with, like, with uh, backlighting in mind or something. And it'll depend on the person and what have mm. you. So I thought if I – so I decided to take that kind of idea 
and put it in with those comic book covers because then I'd be offering something that not many it, it was something that was unique to me as a cosplay photographer then yeah because that I think that was one of the reasons why I nearly gave up on the conventions in the first place is because I found it hard to kind of like become known uh, mm. when there were just so many other photographers on the floor um so yeah it just kind of snowballed from that yeah i can understand that um mm. yeah um another thing i wanted to bring up um i feel like it'd be impossible not to talk about it is um <laughs> your um your interest in music yes. um because we have a lot of music in common um particularly the gorillas um because yeah. i've literally been dying for an excuse to talk about the gorillas with someone <laughs> so it's great to have someone on who actually does listen to them um mm. obviously back last year it was uh 20 years um since the gorillas no, it's this year's it's this year since yeah. the debut since the debut album yeah that's I mean, right, technically yeah. it was 20 years last year if you kind of count the tomorrow comes today ep mm. but i think it's this year that they're doing the big the big thing have you been like keeping up to date with like the song machine stuff and all of yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of lost interest with phase four because okay. I, I tried listening to some of the songs from humans and it was just too bloated. And then I yeah. saw how many tracks were being released. Yeah. And I was like, this is too much too soon. Mm. Um, but then they released a now, now, and it took me a while to kind of get into that. I liked the song humility and trance yeah, um, I still haven't got the album uh, yet. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, when Song Machine dropped, I yeah. thought, well, when that first video dropped, Momentary Bliss, I thought I'll give it a listen, yeah. and I was blown away. It's great, like, isn't this, it? This is the Gorillas that I wanted when they said they were coming back. This kind I'm of like the slow music burn, as well. Yeah, just churning them out slowly. You know, mm. each music video having its own style. It, yeah. was, it was great, and I even managed to get my hands on some of the rare posters that they were putting out. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had help from friends who had money. I paid them mm. back, obviously. But, oh, of course. Because yeah. <laughs> those things suck. But I've I've actually now become addicted to Song Machine. I'll put it on, oh, wow. like, at do you least have, once a fortnight. Do you I'm have, like, a particular favourite yet, or um, is there, like, I'm one you're leaning to? Oh, okay, that's a good Aries one. is a big favourite of mine, mainly because I love me a bit of uh, New Order. Oh, okay. Their, their bassist on hand. It's, yeah. it's just a nice sound. Um, mm. I think The Lost Chord is a good one as well. Uh, that was it, a good one. It, it, it brings me back to the memories of Plastic Beach, which was an important album for me because that was the year that I moved up to Birmingham. And I've got a lot okay. of nostalgic memories kind of connected to the songs from Plastic Beach. Um that's nice. It's yeah, always good I mean, when that, you can that, relate that to songs. Yeah. Okay. What's that? <laughs> it's always good when you like relate to when you relate to the songs and the lyrics, mm. especially. Definitely, um, definitely. I think the ones that I really like from Song Machine, at least the ones at the moment, I really liked Strange Times. Um, oh yeah, you can't beat that. That was that was great. Um, that generally got me by surprise as well. Um, Pink Phantom I liked as well um, because I did not expect them to get Elton John in that they they've been all. trying they've been trying to get some of the bigger artists on for years yeah. i remember reading that uh back in the day that they had been trying to get bowie on plastic beach i really it's such a shame they didn't get that 
because I'm a, a shame. huge. I mean, Bowie they got fan. they got Lou Reed instead, so that I think that's yeah. a good kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a shame though, because I, I I think he would definitely would have done it. I think. Oh yeah. If if, if he was approached by it, I I guarantee David Bowie would have. I mean, there's in. loads. There's loads of footage from, uh, from Plastic Beach that's not really seen the light of day. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a track. Apparently, there's a track they did with the Horrors. Okay. Um, uh, there's a fun story behind that. Actually, they were going to say. In fact, they did say on the uh, pirate radio station episodes that Murdoch did. Uh, he stated mm. that the Horrors were actually all his children oh. he'd had like a, a he had a load of illegitimate children who somehow unexpectedly had found one another and oh, wow. became a band without knowing they were related and that was <laughs> going to be the the thing um oh. but i mean they got they got marky e. smith from the fall and they got lou reed in there so i mean it's it's still a, a pretty oh, great yeah. album definitely um, do you have like a particular like band favorite member? Because obviously you've got like Two D and Murdoch. And... I I've got to say it's it's always going to be Murdoch because really since, okay. yeah well ever since I started listening to them back when they started out I think I was like thirteen at the time mm. and I remember when Clint Eastwood came up on the radio because oh, <laughs> I'd wake up I'd wake have to wake up early in the morning for my paper round. Mm. And I remember the, I think it was Scott Mills, because he would do the pre-breakfast show. And yeah. he said that it was made by the guy from Blur. And That's my right. brain didn't click. So I was like, what, Jarvis Cocker? <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I'm like, why did I think it was Jarvis Cocker? That's pulp, you moron. Um, but then when I saw the music video, I was just completely taken in because it it blended the two things that i i loved most in the world at the time which was um music and animation oh, not yeah. so much animation but cartoons i used to draw a lot of cartoons when i was a kid mm. um and the moment i saw murdoch and i saw the whole satanist thing and i saw yeah. those guitar i basically there are pictures of me somewhere in the ether i don't think <laughs> i have them anymore but there are pictures of me in denim jeans, a grey, like, like thin jumper, with a upside yeah. down wooden cross necklace made by my grandfather. Oh wow! Whilst playing bass guitar, I was <laughs> that I was that kind of attracted to the idea because Murdoch was the quintessential kind of rock star mm. character. Yeah, and as a teenager, I I obviously connected with that. Mm. Um, to the point where I think by 2006, I'd managed to pick up a copy of the Satanic Bible and yeah. read it cover to cover. Oh, okay. And realised that I was living that kind of life anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's not um, something I tend to talk about a lot because it comes with a lot of, you know, unassociated connotations. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's... It's something that I, I hold close to my heart. It's less of a religion. It's more of a philosophy, yeah. really. But I won't get into that. But no, Murdoch's yeah. always been my jam. <laughs> um, so, obviously, um, I'm not sure if it was... It weren't that long ago. Obviously, they got rid of Murdoch and they got Ace. Ace in. from the Powerpuff Girls, yeah. Yeah. Mm. What was your take on that? Because, obviously, it was very controversial at the time. Because, obviously, um, some people all for it. Some people weren't. Um, um, and 
have that connection to Powerpuff Girls, which a lot of people didn't expect, but they do kind of yeah. hint it. Like, because I know the like gorillas themselves have actually come out and said, yeah, we, we love the Powerpuff Girls and they actually had to ask for permission to use the mm. character as well, which, which was a great thing to hear and stuff. But what was your take on it? Because obviously that was a um, bit different. I, I, I see it as no different as to when Ringo from the Beatles was like replaced for a short while while he had his tonsils out. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all power for the course, really. I mean, it wasn't like we couldn't still see Murdoch in the picture. He was just in jail. Yeah. yeah so exactly, to me, yeah. it was just more of the uh, more of the law being played out. Yeah. So I I didn't really mind. The guy could play bass. Yeah. I think the only thing that I found was a shame was that we never really got to hear him talk or anything. So that was that was a bit of a. I was like, so he's just kind of there playing bass with a grin on his face. Mm. I was like, come on, say something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out um, for people who don't listen to Gorillas, these are animated characters. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, all I don't, yeah, yeah, in case anyone's getting confused. Um, yeah, they are animated characters. No, they're they're quite universally known. I'd still consider them to be quite a cult. Uh, yeah, I'd say that as well. Yeah, because weirdly enough, do you know they've only had one number one? Yeah, it's yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. I, I would have expected them to have had more than that. Yeah, but... I mean they've won awards and stuff. Oh yeah, but of course. Chart wise, yeah. it's 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 never really. But then again, you look back at how the band started out and how it was supposed mm. to be like a rebellion against manufactured music and everything. I suppose it's only right that they don't storm the charts. I mean, they do well with album sales. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think since physical singles have gone the way of the dodo, mm. I think I think that impacted them heavily. I mean, you can see that a lot with Phase 3. They had so yeah. many plans laid out. You know, there was, there was a, a fan club they'd made, uh, I think competitions as well, and the mm. website was kind of like chapter-based. But yeah, I like that. The problem was between Demon Days and Plastic Beach, there were no physical singles, so they weren't making mm. their money back on, you know, on B sides and all sorts of stuff. But they were still making the music videos. Yeah. So it kind of ended up petering out, which is a real shame. Mm. Uh, but I think this new this new way they're doing it with Song Machine, where they're bringing out a track, like they were bringing the track out once a month. Um, I think it was I think it was a really clever idea because it gave people oh, yeah. the, the opportunity to experience it slowly and let it all soak in and talk to other fans and bring up new theories and stuff. It was like the old days with the message board. Yeah, I used to be quite involved with the with the Gorillas official message board back in the day. I'd come home from oh, school, wow. switch on my old Dell computer, <laughs> and I'd I just start typing and chatting with fans from all around the world. It was really nice. Um, oh wow. That was actually no, sounds really cool. It was. And the slash fiction, there was it was all just oh, it was all nice great. stuff, really. I mean, <laughs> other people I've talked to about it since they've said to me, Oh no, I had a horrible time in it. I was like, really? I loved it. <laughs> I didn't find it, you know, nasty in any way, shape, or form. It was great. So um do you have like a particular artist you would like to see them work with? Or um, are you just not that particularly bothered, you're just happy to see I would Whoever. like to see them work. Part of me would love to see them work with either all of you two or at least one of the members. 
Oh, okay. If you got them just even individually, if you had Bono on vocals or Edge on Mm. guitar or Larry Mullen Jr. doing drums or blimmin' out, Adam Clayton doing a bass off with Murdoch, that would be amazing. Yeah, Um, that that sounds really cool. Possibly Jeff Lynne, because he could bring strings in in a powerful way. Uh, Possibly Trevor Horn, who's known for not only the Buggles, but also Art of Noise. I think he could bring in some amazing experimentationalism to mm. to the mix um trying to think now uh, <laughs> i mean i would have had one um unfortunately he's passed away now but the yeah. prodigy would have been really good oh is like Keith, uh, Keith Flynn yeah i feel mm. like that that would have been a bit different that and would i would have liked to have seen what they would have done with that perhaps and I'm, I'm thinking see i'm thinking older acts as well like um, like Tracy Thorne of mm. Everything But The Girl, get her vocals on there. Absolutely incredible stuff. You know, she she started out in the 90s we, uh, working with the likes of Massive Attack, doing vocals for things like Massive Attack. Um, maybe a few, like, more punk artists or post-punk artists. Mm. Um, they obviously had fun with the guy from New Order, but I'm yeah. thinking maybe get nightingales or swell maps yeah just just some of those kind of like post-punk acts that that really kind of because this is the thing right is i only found out a couple of years ago that the 80s had an incredible indie scene but yeah it wasn't it wasn't about charting music you had loads of independent record labels like factory and, and postcard records in scotland and uh, what was the other one? That I, Cherry Red Records. And they were all like pumping out these amazing artists. They only released like two or three singles. Mm. But they sound so refreshing above all that electronic sonic sound of the 80s that you're usually used to. Yeah. So it, it's, I think, I think it would be great of them to, because I think. It would depend on how they'd utilise some of the artists. Because, I mean, one of the things that I really took umbrage with when it came to the humans era, how they used Noel Gallagher. Okay. Because yeah. I, I listened to the track. I heard first, I heard of somebody that Noel Gallagher was going to be on a Gorillaz track. And I was like, what? I was like really <laughs> excited about this. I mean, this guy's a, a, a wordsmith. He's a musical genius. I've followed mm. his work for years. Um, but then I heard the track, and I was like, where is he? Where actually is he? And then I saw him playing with them on the Graham Norton show, and I'm like, he's completely lost in the mix. Mm. There's too many cooks. And I think that track, We Got the Power, is, yeah. is a, 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 the archetype of the album as a whole. Everything's mm. lost in the mix. There's too many cooks. Which is, you know, it's a huge shame. Yeah, it is, yeah. But I think in some ways this, this pandemic has done Gorillaz quite a service. Oh, yeah. It's meant they've had to strip everything down, become more creative. Mm. Um, I saw footage of their uh, their live shows in December. Yeah. And some of the stuff they got up to was brilliant. They had, like, holograms. Yeah. They had uh, Murdoch and 2D doing sound booth stuff in between tracks. They even got Matt Berry to do oh, I to love take, Matt Berry. Uh, Dennis Hopper's place for fire coming out <laughs> the monkey's head. And I was like, who better oh, Genius. And it just genius. looked really cool. It was this kind of like camaraderie, just getting together in the Con mm. Studios basement and just having fun. 
just jamming out. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to see. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Um, so um, what I'll bring up now is I feel like you probably knew this was coming anyway. Yeah. Um, DW2012. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be Arty honest, Powell, if yeah. you didn't, if you didn't, a lot of the fans would be like, come on, Lee, because you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of egotistical of me, but yeah. you would not believe. It's been years since I've been on it, and I yeah. still, to this day, get people coming up to me. <laughs> oh. Um. So obviously you played the character of the Valyard or yes. an incarnation of the Valyard. Um, yep. Where did this come from? Because obviously I've heard stories from Luke, like in the past, like mm. how you got cast and stuff. But I kind of want to hear your side of it. Um, it, was, it was quite fun. Um, I'd gotten to know Luke in 2015 when I'd started out in the community. Yeah. And... I'd not really chatted with him like too much. He was just there with like the likes of Kai and, and mm. um, a few others. See, my brain goes blank when I try and think of people from six years ago because some of them look so different now. And um, he was filming a scene from series three yeah. uh, at, at this little mini convention in, say, Warsaw. And it was at this transport museum thing and people had brought Daleks and everything. Yeah. And uh, he needed some extras for this bus okay. scene. All and right, so yeah. Like, yeah, all right. I was there in my red coat and my bowler hat and, you know, the works. Well, I used to do that <laughs> then. Yeah. And afterwards I was chatting with him and I was like, you know, Luke, if you ever wanted to, like, put my coat in your TARDIS, just have it hanging there, you're more than welcome to. And he turned to me and he just went, I'll only have the coat if I can have you in it as well. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and that's, that's when he said to me, I want you to be the big bad for series three. I was like, Oh, oh wow. Really? And I was like, I'd like you to... Yeah. And I was like, he, he's like, I want you to play the value. And I was like, Whoa. Okay. That's, that's a lot to, to, to mm. take in. And I, on the spot was just like, yes, yes. A hundred times. Yes. Mm. And it kind of made, the filming of that day even more funny because technically the Valyard had been in the series since the first episode asleep on the bus. <laughs> but because people didn't know that at the time, I mean, mm. you go back now and you watch Oh, yeah, it, you probably you're like, see oh, it oh, now. God, yeah. The Valyard's there because of the way <laughs> the series plays out. It's kind of nice. Um, but at the time, it's kind of one of those kind of moments. And I, I love looking back on that. Um mm. I still remember the first day of shooting like properly as the Valley Arb was incredibly awkward. Um, yeah. So I thought to myself, if I'm going to do this right, I've got to do like a power move. So mm. I turn up in the red coat. I think I was in that leather waistcoat that doesn't fit me anymore. Hell, none of the outfit from back then fits me now, apart from the hat. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, and I saw, I saw them all waiting for me uh, in Birmingham City Centre. And I just strode up to Luke without even a wonder, without even a moment. Mm. I just went, come here, you, give Auntie Val a kiss. And I grabbed <laughs> hold of his face and I just kissed him. And it still and I, stuck, yeah. Yeah, well, well, that was the thought of, uh, I wanted to get this, no, I didn't want to come across as the most powerful person on set. I wanted to come oh, across yeah. as a confident person. I thought, if I do that, if I stake my claim right there, 
then I can accomplish anything. And Luke it, seemed yeah. to like that kind of thing. And we, we went to this graveyard, which I've been to in the past for photo shoots and whatnot. Mm. I'd suggested it to him. And because it was like the beginning of autumn, all these leaves were coming down. And of course, Kai was having a field day because he was the one filming it. And he was like, I'm <laughs> going to do so many establishing shots. I was like, <laughs> yeah, slow motion establishing shots, do it. Um, mm. And I had to do things like roaring and shouting and stuff. And I'd never really done that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, I was like, I'm trying to figure out who this character is, but I'm performing the last bit first. So when it yeah. came to the following day of shooting, um, oh, that was a that was a trial and a half. Because Luke had managed to obtain this nightclub in Digbeth, which is oh, okay. just up the road from Birmingham. Yeah. And I remember, because I, I live not too far away from there, so I was waiting at the bus stop near to where we needed to be. And I saw Luke and Kai coming up the road rather sheepishly. sheepishly. And they were mm. like, oh, it's a rough area, isn't it? And I was like, not really. He was like, oh, Lord, I was going to get stabbed. And I was like, yeah, by a disgruntled art student, maybe. <laughs> um, but we, we made it to the location only to find that they were packing up all this Halloween stuff. It was incredibly busy in there. And I could Ooh. see Luke's heart just sink. Because oh, it was like, we're not going to be able to film anything. It's too loud. So we did like a, a few scenes, a few lines of dialogue. Mm which I would very seldom keep to throughout my time as a father. <laughs> Seriously, when it came to the movie, I didn't actually properly read the script. I would just go up to Luke and I'd be going, what do you want from me here? <laughs> and he liked that. He got used to it. But anyway, back to this second day of shooting. Um, yeah. It was just getting noisier and noisier. He was like, oh, we can fix it in post. But I could see that he was still kind of struggling. Then yeah. the owner comes up to us and he's like, are you guys having issues when it comes to filming? We were like, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, I've got an empty warehouse building around the corner. Oh, wow. Instead. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, let's go for it. So we turn up there. He leaves us there. Mm. Our own devices. And uh, it was very cold. But uh, we spent hours in there because we kept on laughing. We, we couldn't, <laughs> the three of us, we couldn't keep a straight face. Because I think, I think Luke noticed quite that I also had a passion when it came to the whole cinematography of stuff. Yeah. And so when it came to like establishing shots and shot for shot kind of things, I was like, let's mix things up a bit. Let's add mm. a few more kind of like cuts to this. Even when it came to him just walking towards a table and sitting down, I was like, let's, let's get this kind of atmosphere going. Mm. Um, I remember asking him for cranberry juice and a bag of popcorn because I'd I basically before we'd even started filming I'd kind of figured out the backstory or the, the backstory of my version of the Valyard yeah and the idea was that he had a sweet tooth um, but mm. it made it so when the sugar crashes started he would get incredibly angry <laughs> and originally I was going to, because he brought me a carton of cranberry juice. I brought this like cheap glass, like yeah. almost like a whiskey glass kind of thing. And I told myself that I was going to, at one point, lose my temper and smash it on the ground, but <laughs> not tell Luke. So his reaction would have been properly real. But then when it came to it on the day, I, I thought, nah, because if I screw up, the if I screw up the take, 
we can't yeah you're stuck it. with a smashed glass yeah yeah so instead i kind of relied on like i put on 3d glasses at one point i think yeah at one point when he came back into the into the room via transporter i offered him some popcorn like i'd been watching him on a screen <laughs> you know just make these all these little things i wanted yeah. it to be because because this was like the series finale i wanted it to be as momentous as possible Definitely. I mean, you definitely look like you was having a wow of a time. Oh, really? Um, you, was, yeah. It really, it really shows on screen that you were just absolutely loving being there, and just mm. I wouldn't necessarily call it intimidating, Luke's doctor, but you were kind of really pushing his buttons just yeah. by being. Oh, there's, uh, to be and fair, that was a nice more... twist to it. Yeah, I, I wanted to push push Luke's boundaries as an actor and a filmmaker, basically. Yeah. I wanted him to know that if if we were going to do this, it was go big or go home. Mm. So even even now, we'll we'll chat occasionally about stuff, and he'll ask me questions on. So I'm I'm doing I'm writing this script. Blah 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 blah. blah what do you think? And mm. I'll have like a little input or two. I'll be like, well, you could okay. do this, you could do that. And sometimes he takes it, sometimes he doesn't. But the thing that I've always said is I've never let my ego get into yeah. his his dream. Um, so at the end of filming series three, I said to him, look, if that's the end of my character. I'm fine with that. If you want to bring mm -hmm. me back, just let me know. But I'm not going to yeah. be begging you. But the, 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 the strange thing was the episode didn't uh, premiere on YouTube until around that Christmas time. So I'd already gone yeah. to my final convention of the year and and people had no idea what was going on between me yeah. and Luke. Mm. And then it happened over Christmas and then January I was at Science of the Time Lords in 2016 and I was having people coming up to me going, dude, <laughs> that was awesome. And I was like, really? Okay. Because I'd watched it and I, I was always quite critical. I was like, oh, I could have done that bit a bit better. That that's yeah. that's a misstep. Right I get there. that. You know, I, I was I was I was the same with my one um, yeah. when it came out. Very critique on it, but then yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't so bad. But um, yeah, it's it's a very like because obviously a lot there's a lot of fans for this for this YouTube channel, isn't there? Because um, a lot yeah, of people are very passionate about it. I still I still get people asking me to tell Luke this or ask Luke this. And I'm like, yeah. I don't talk to him that much at the moment. It's his <laughs> thing. You know, I, I have no input unless he, he says otherwise. Mm. Um, I mean, I would also, I think by series four, I'd kind of become the behind the scenes photographer as well. Yeah. So I'd start like taking pictures of, of what was going on whilst filming. And then mm. I'd put these pictures up after an episode had, had aired so people yeah. could you know so i was saying to luke there's so much more scope you could do to expand the fan base so i yeah. was giving him my expertise as a photographer mm. so as to you know broaden that out um and then of course i started doing the 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 videos as well the behind the scenes videos oh, when it came to the, love came to the movie. yeah and at first they were just like little segments that i put in other videos in regards to conventions and stuff. But then mm. when it came to the movie being released, Luke had a lot of ideas. Um, oh, at yeah, one point, we were going to rent somewhere out and do an actual premiere. 
which was ambitious to say the least. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but then I took it upon myself to to make the documentary, mm. uh, the little red doctor that could. So I used all the previous footage, then mixed it with his final day shooting as the doctor. Interviewed him afterwards, and I thought, well, I could. We've still got a few more shoots to do with other people. Well, I interview other people as well. And I just made this hour-long uh, just video on his time as yeah. the doctor. And, and even now, both me and him will go back to it and rewatch it because it's oh, wow. it's just really it's very nice. good. Yeah, it's very well put together. Um, so obviously, um, obviously, as we were talking about DW twenty twelve, um, mm. obviously, I wanted to talk about just the overall experience of like the progress that Luke and sometimes Meg as well go into. Because obviously, when I filmed it, um, it was certainly some very different from what I was used to because um, Luke had built like this office out of these walls that he'd like screwed together oh, in, his, in, his, in his bedroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm having to be really serious about, you know, being a businessman, you know, taking over the world, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I've got all his action figures of Darth Vader, like staring <laughs> back at me. And then I'm yeah. sort of really <laughs> trying to, yeah, and then we had to we had to take it again a few times because I was like I can't take that so I I can't do it like yeah. I've got Darth Vader pointing at me like telling me to join the dark side sort of. I thing. mean, you think you think that's weird? The scene where Dom's doctor is asleep on the bed. Yeah, that's Meg's bedroom. <laughs> oh God, that's Meg's bedroom. Um, so... Or um, there was one scene where I'm looking out the window. Mm. Which was all which was all CGI'd in. Um, I had to literally just stare at this blank wall and just imagine I'm looking out this window. And I was like, okay. At one point, I cracked up laughing because I was like, I, I can't, so I can't do. do this. Yeah. I think once you've got your your character and the chemistry within the the cast and crew solid, mm. it becomes a bit easier. Because I mean, after yeah. that day in that empty warehouse. It became mm. a lot easier to work with Luke because we knew how each other kind of mm. did stuff. So instead of us like giggling away at each other, he'd gotten used to my sense of humor and he'd gotten used to everything. So it was a bit easier to kind of like play off one another. So movie, I think mm. filming my bits was some of the easiest for him because he'd just go, <laughs> oh, just, just do what you're going to do. <laughs> I so mean, was the, was the, most of your stuff improvised then? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. The um, the scene inside the Master's TARDIS, which is a reshoot, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Originally, we'd shot it with those planks, those fake walls, and a ceiling. But he yeah. really wasn't happy with the outcome, which is a shame because I felt that I'd put in a better performance that day. Um, yeah. So what he did instead is, after he'd refurbished his TARDIS, he'd Changed the colour of the light inside so it was more mm. plasterish. And we did yeah. this whole scene where we're trying to think of a plan to thwart uh, Omega. Yeah. And at the time, I think who knows would run a competition and the winner would get a few gifts and also get their name mentioned in the DW2012 film. Okay. Now, originally, the name was mentioned on my 
Spoiler alert, by the way, if any of your listeners yeah. have actually watched the movie yet, maybe skip a few seconds. Um, <laughs> originally, uh, the name was mentioned on my death scene. Okay. And it was like a little kind of like story that I was telling to the doctor as I, you know, passed. But oh, in, that makes more sense. Yeah. But then we had to reshoot the death scene because he was like, we were losing light. It was getting rainy. So I was like, oh, God, it was so uncomfortable. But when it came to reshooting the, the planning scene, we decided to put the name on the chalkboard for Auntie Val's plan, otherwise known as mm. the Unwin plan. <laughs> yeah. Because that was that was the guy who won's last name. And I thought it was quite a nice in joke. Oh because wow. it's the plan That's that cool. you couldn't win, but it was also the guy's last name. They must have loved that though. Yeah. I bet yeah. they saw that and they must obviously no one else would know what it is, but <coughs> yeah. they would just yeah. be like, Oh wow. <laughs> it was it was great. And I did the I think it was Luke who did the little drawings on there, but I added I think a little picture of, of the Valyard with his lollipop and everything. Oh, um, that's And great, I just that. improvised. I improvised, like, mm. reacting to him and pointing at my little chalkboard kind of thing. Um, mm. And the, the funny thing about that scene as well is that um, on the day that I was there to shoot it, only half the cast were there. Oh, okay. So I was having to react to Lizzie giving ideas across the other side of the TARDIS console when Lizzie wasn't actually there. Oh, God. <laughs> so we had to... Because, you know, it's kind of small and cramped in there at times. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was an interesting mm. kind of evening of, of work. But, mm. um, no, I mean, the first day that we did the shootout in the, the wasteland for the battle scenes mm. and everything, it was the hottest day of the year. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. I think Luke actually did tell me about that. Yeah. yeah. We turned up. I was he was in a red leather coat. Yeah. I was in my coat and my heels, um, which then when I came back to shoot the second day, I'd just gotten a pair of rather nice, comfortable brown leather boots instead. So I wore those instead. <laughs> so fingers crossed people don't tend to notice that continuity area, but Hera, but hey. Um <laughs> I think as well when we, did, when we did the third day of shooting there, the final like reshoots and what have you, I'd said to Luke that I'd gotten too big to wear the coat and that I literally wouldn't be able to put the coat on properly. Yeah. So what I had to do at one was when I was talking to him in the Masters TARDIS, I had the coat hanging up on the coat hanger yeah. in the background. And just before we left the TARDIS, I had to pick up the coat and have it mm. over my shoulder. So in the next scene that I'm oh, in, okay. which was filmed beforehand, I was wearing the coat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Interesting fact there, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's one for you guys to look out for now. <laughs> mm. um, okay, so before I wrap this up and stuff, mm -hmm. um, what I tend to do towards the end with, um, with guests is we do a few challenges just to make it more fun okay um so recently i've had people describe badly, a okay. song badly i think for me for you i'm gonna say describe a food badly oh, like okay. any type of food without any giving it food. away oh this is tricky okay uh oh. looking down at some of the snacks that i've got <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, my mind's reeling. Okay. 
the muscle of a baby sheep uh, smothered with a herb that a cat has probably pissed on in a garden. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't think anything could be like worsely described. That's that's probably the best one I've had on here. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you could say that fried chicken is a dead chicken that's been smothered in <laughs> the in <laughs> it has been smothered in the uh, the effluence of its children. Oh God! Your intestines are a graveyard for. <laughs> um, and obviously, lastly, I what we also do is we we sometimes get the guest to ask the audience a question. Um, okay. it can be literally about anything as long as it actually has an answer. Right. So then I, I have, can sort of. I have the perfect question. Fantastic. And it's one that I used to ask uh, when I used to do music journalism. Uh, oh, in fact, the one that I remember the most uh, when I asked was the author Darren Shan, the horror author. Okay. Uh, and the question is, if you could be cooked and served up on a plate, what sauce do you think would best complement you? Oh, OK. That's that's a interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to getting <laughs> <laughs> um so lastly docker um yeah. just for all of us um for the people at home or wherever you are if you're on the train or in the car or whatnot um just um tell us where we can actually find you throughout social media and stuff okay um you can find me on facebook under facebook.com forward slash trust me i'm a docker all one word uh i also have a photography page called crestfall photography which you can probably find as well. Instagram, I am the underscore doctor underscore docker, spelled D-O-K-T-O-R. Um, I also have things that I've got, a mixed cloud under that same name. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, as yep. the Dr. Docker, uh, where I post up videos on snacks and cosplay-related stuff. But more recently, it's been about rare 90s music that is pretty hard to find so it doesn't have a copyright license so i can put it up and get people to listen to it for the first time in hd without worries uh, Super. So, yeah okay um thank you so much docker for um, oh, coming for on it's, it's it's been it's been amazing <laughs> um <laughs> i can't wait for people to listen to this um it's going to be great um yeah, thank you very much, guys, for listening in. Thank you again, Docker. And we will see you next time. Or I'll be seeing you. See you <laughs> later, Docker. See you later, Lucas. So if you enjoyed that episode of the podcast and you want to hear more of me bickering on with other people bickering on, then please do click on that follow button on whatever platform or device you are listening this to. Also, if you'd like to know more about the podcast and more about the host, then please do follow my official Instagram, which is Lucas Out Loud. That is Lucas underscore out underscore loud. 